Hello and welcome to the Blood and Hunter podcast. My name is Tom Savage. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, we are down to the second game of the Rugby World Cup. It is Ireland versus Tonga in Nantes, France. <laughs> you will have detected, well, maybe you didn't, the seamless edit there as I had to go and check that, even though I've been saying nonce all week. Um, I It's my daughter's christening this weekend, so uh, my family are up, and uh, I'm very tired and emotional this morning. Anyway, um, looking at this game, I cannot think anything else other than it is a, like I've written and said on the radio loads of different times, <laughs> it's a landmine of a game. Um... Uh, mainly because I, I just think that Tonga, on a dry day in the Aviva Stadium, I think we put away this Tonga team by 30 points, maybe. Uh, and, and look, it, it, there's lots of good players. Like, they have loads of good players now. Like, they've brought in... And look, they, they've always had talent, right? But I, I think looking at the the guys they've brought in who are, you know, they, they've become re-eligible for, for Tonga in the last number of years. They've they, they've become better with the individual talent that they have there. They've got decent coaching as well. Uh, Tyler Blaindahl is working with them. Um, and they've got size and power. And, like, that was always going to be there with, with, with Tongan rugby. But the guys who they've brought back in are quality, like, real quality. And they're going to be a tricky team to navigate. Now, the weather conditions in Nantes uh, this weekend are supposed to be very, very wet this evening. Um, it's supposed to be, um, like, we're talking about wet pitch, we're talking about greasy conditions, we're talking about um, a game. So, in if that's true, that is going to be narrower, that is going to be um, far more likely for a lot of fairly heavy collisions close to the ruck. We're looking at probably a lot of scrums and we're looking at probably a lot of kicking. Um, the big danger with Tonga, and again, if we just examine Ireland through a systemic lens, what do Ireland want? What do Ireland do in any game? We kick the ball a lot. And, and it's never really spoken about how much Ireland kicked the ball, but we do. We kick the ball a lot. We are a counter-transition team. Now, I've had a few people asking, like, what do I mean by counter-transition? So I'm going to explain it again briefly and if you've already heard this i'm sorry but i I want to just make sure that we're all speaking the same language here counter transition is when you are kicking the ball to the opposition and you were looking to counter their transition on the ball now there are four moments of 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 playing any game and rugby is no different you have attack you have defense and then you have transitioning from defense into attack and transitioning from attack into defense when you kick the ball from your possession, you are transitioning from attack into defense. So that is your transition defense. When the opposition are receiving the ball from that kick, they are transitioning from defense into attack. Now, Ireland's transition defense is the best in the world at the moment. It is outstanding. Those first three or four phases of defense, Ireland are outstandingly good. And we force the opposition to give us a transition that we can then play off. Ireland are the best phase play transition team in the game at the moment where we are really quick at getting into attacking shape after we recover a kick or after um, the, the opposition turned the ball over to us. And then we're really accurate with our passing. And uh, like you, you, you will see Ireland, how many schemes have you seen where Ireland are just driving through the opposition and it's like they're not putting a hand on us and it's like, well, how the hell did that happen? We kick the ball to counter the opposition's transition of the ball. 
So we're built to play that game. It's a high-paced game. It's played at a real tempo. And there's lots of, like, there's so much um, weight is put on accuracy and pace in that game plan. Doing so, we've been able to get to number one in the world without having a super heavyweight pack. You look at, like, France and South Africa, I think, have been the other really good teams in this cycle. They've got a super heavyweight pack. You look at Australia, they're trying to build a super heavyweight pack. Um, we don't have that. Like, we have guys who are, you know, obviously we're big physical guys. Like, there's nobody in this game playing in the pack at test level who's a, a, a small guy by, by normal standards. But this is not a monstrous Irish pack. This is a, a very fit, very quick, very mobile, um, very skilled Irish pack who, because of this game plan that we're playing, it, it creates tired opponents and it creates opponents who are not doing what they're best at when we dictate the game, which is if Ireland are playing with the initiative on counter-transition, so basically we're kicking first, we're able to manipulate the opposition wherever we want them. Like, it's not really a case of tiring out teams like who are heavier than you anymore by passing the ball. That doesn't really work. I think I've spoken about this before. You don't really do that, like, because they're really good at just forcing an error out of you and getting to a set piece regardless. Um, Tonga, I think, do not have the same level of blitz defense that the likes of uh, Australia or Australia, Australia are trying to build, um, that France have and that South Africa have. So, when we have the ball against Tonga, they will hit incredibly hard, but they don't have, we'll say, a, a systemic line speed that typically makes Ireland uncomfortable so like we'll be happy to a certain extent if we can start to to get width into our play we like to try and get the ball into the middle of the field a lot we like to try and you know dictate the play from there but the problem is that in these weather conditions playing with that tempo and with the width on the ball that we that we want is going to be very very dangerous because the big threat in this game is the scrum of Tonga um, they have a lot of well to say they have a lot of weight is almost an understatement they are a massive pack and not just massive as in big heavy guys they've got explosive athletes there as well and what we do not want is for this game to be a scrum first game where you can imagine just the, like the, the, the worry stone I've been looking at for the last week has been Ireland kick the ball a lot, right? We don't necessarily kick contestable, although we might do here, although I'll explain why we might not in a minute. We generally kick long down the middle of the field, right? To uh, the opposition take that ball, we're then happy to just manage whatever comes next. So we will chase, we will put line speed pressure on, uh, and then they maybe kick the ball back or they do a, you know, they go for one or two phases or whatever. We try and, we worry them at the breakdown. We try and steal a breakdown uh, penalty. We've got the players selected to do that. Um, and, you know, then they kick the ball back and then we go to work, right? The problem with Tonga is, is when we kick to them, that's going to be when they're most dangerous in that, literally in that first moment. Because most teams, like, they go through, I think there was a, a segment on Against the Head this week where, um, they were talking about like France only going through three phases or whatever else that they had a data led approach behind that. Most teams have that kind of like run, like those running instructions, right? Where on transition, you know, you're you're they basically you're either going to be an on ball team or you're going to be a kind of a off ball team or counter transition team, which is sort of in between. Um, off ball teams will play 
one really big direct phase. Because if you look at all of the best off-ball teams, which I look at like maybe France and, and South Africa before, but they, they're transitioning to a different style as well. Um, they've always they're always really good in the first phase of transition. So they've got a big emphasis on like explosive attacking wingers, fullbacks, midfielders. They've got to be able to break out on transition. So when the opposition kick to them, be it a contestable short kick or a long reset kick, they can hurt them directly off that first phase. Um, like Tonga have real firepower in their outside back line, um, who if we do not corral them on that first phase of transition, they will go down the field. They will score from range because they just have quality everywhere and explosivity and like... Defensively, I, I, I don't think Tonga want to be defending for multi-phase, you know, because Ireland are well capable of driving through multi-phase, multi-phase possession. We've added that to our game. Like, we can go four, five, six phases on transition fairly easily. We have the fitness to do so. So we can adapt that area of our game. But the weather conditions make that, the X, make, make that an X factor in that we don't know if we can go through that many phases because... If the weather is going to be greasy, the ball, you know, handling conditions are going to be difficult, and Tonga hitting as hard as they do, there's going to be knock-ons, there's going to be spills in possession, there's going to be, you know, poor passes. That will come as standard. And if Ireland were playing in the Aviva and it was a grand, you know, crisp November day, uh, that's what Ireland would be doing. In that we're well capable of stitching the ball across the field. We kick the ball to them. Obviously, there's risk in the first phase, but we've got a lot of breakdown threats. The ball comes back to us. Um, or we can launch off a line at ourselves you can just see how we can just drive for four or five six phases start stretching those um, that that big front five out of shape and you can you know obviously it's going to hurt they're going to hit hard but there will be spaces available and, and I think that's that's how Ireland would typically do it but when the weather is this bad um, and obviously you've got the pressure of the World Cup also it's it's like it's not really going to be a neutral venue either because like in nonce like mainly there's going to be neutrals in the crowd they're all going to be shouting for Tonga. So that's going to create an atmosphere as well. Um, and that's going to be the like the, 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 the worry point for me is the scrum is going to be a big factor. Anyway, I'll get down and I'll mention, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll list Tonga's team and I'm going to be doing this in a, in a, in a Cork accent. So uh, do 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 watch out for that. <laughs> so we'll start with the uh, the back three. They've got Celesi Pietau. That's, you know, Pietau used to play for... Um, Ulster, the All Blacks, uh, really, really good player, currently playing for Bristol. They've got Afosipa Tamopu, um, and they have um, Salamone Kata uh, in their winger spots. They have a power winger profile without necessarily being massive men. Um, but again, I would say that if things start to get a little bit hairy, we can probably box kick at these guys and, you know, maybe produce some scrums of our own or some clean some clean takes off those kicks um they would not be outstanding in the air um but again that also runs the risk of producing more scrums which if we're in trouble in in that area of the game it's basically there's a, there's a gift and a curse there so we've got to try to um we've got to try and manage that in midfield Malachi Fekatoa and Peter Aki about as impressive and as like if they're talking about having the firepower in the room like that's real firepower in midfield like uh, Pete Aki uh, plays for Toulouse former of, of, of Connacht also really explosive direct good handler um, a, a strong carrier good offloader 
uh, he'll fucking light you up in defense as well and Malachi Fekito is the exact same um, he is a guy who they will want to line up on Sexton in that in those kind of loop and stack schemes that we're running they want to line up Malachi Fekitoa on Jonathan Sexton there and smash him and they're two guys who are absolutely capable of lighting up um, Ireland on the set piece off their line out um, which again they, they love playing off 10 they don't really maul all that much although they might change that in, in, in the weather conditions but um, they love to get that ball off the top to play that ball into midfield and then just crash this explosive guys they have there who are so difficult to stop they're so powerful um, it's just ridiculously like it's ridiculously overpowered like we have to stop them getting that clean possession off the lineout because if they get that they're coming after Sexton they're coming down that 10 channel they're going to try and hurt them they're going to try and squeeze in Bundyaki to try and protect them and they're going to try and you know pop that ball out the back and exploit the space that's going to be there they have the firepower to do that um, in halfback they have William Havili and they have uh, Augustin Pulu um, Havili I watched against Samoa um, in the Pacific Nations Cup he was really good uh, he actually went off injured at one point but he has got that calmness to him he makes good decisions um, I, I felt that he was really I won't say mature but like he wasn't always a running 10 he had a bit more about him he's a concern for me because like if they have an understanding of counter transition which not all teams do then he could maneuver them into really difficult positions like they don't want to be standing under a high ball for this game they want to be chasing Irish players with the ball bouncing and Irish players on the turn I think William Havili understands that and I think Tyler Blaindall their attack coach also understands that so that's going to be an interesting one to see if he can get because he will get a platform because Tonga play in their forwards a very low pass per carry game they don't really do a whole lot of tip-ons or, or offloads unless they're in edge spaces they don't need to because they've just got huge powerful men and they just set up their rook they run in waves of a 3-3 block across the middle so they will hit a pot of three that pot of three will crash the ball uh, their back line then will adjust and move and just almost swing between positions because they're really good at linking up with each other and finding each other um, so they don't need to integrate like Ireland's system is very integrated where you'll see a player stuck to a pod um, like on a 3 or on a 2 so we go to a 3-2x shape um, so that sort of integration there's lots of um, we'd say possible link ups between backs and forwards in with Tonga's system they play the forwards carry the ball the backs then expand on the ball so that's and like you might have a, a, a winger or a an edge forward there as well um, who will and like they've got firepower there as well um, so they will want to hang on to the ball but I think that's if they're dictating the game that's going to be the, the big thing but their halfbacks uh, Pulu is a, a decent passer of the ball but pass quality can go up and down but um, yeah so again look they've, they've got quality there and William Havili is a very interesting player also um, in the pack just big men everywhere uh, at Lucid they've got Siegfried Fisiho, uh they've got Paula uh, Naguamo and Ben uh, Tamafuna he's their captain you may remember him he's currently playing for Bordeaux used to play for Racing 92 massive man big scrummager and if you look at their like their pack they're all experienced these are guys who have played a lot in France they're in their 
early 30s. Uh, ben Tamafuna is actually only 32. I was full sure convinced that this guy was 34, 35. Uh, but yeah, they've got big size there. Paula uh, in Guam is uh, playing for Cass at the moment. Um, so again, he is not unfamiliar with really nasty games played in the rain. Um, in the back five, this is where the real firepower is for Tonga. Sam Luisi from Scarlets, uh, Halaleva, Fafita, from, he's currently playing for Connacht, I think. Um, Tanangoa, Hale Fona is their half lock at number six. He's a big, explosive guy. Six foot five, big ball carrier, explosive in the air, um, and just a really powerful man. Um, Sione uh, Talitui is their wearing number seven and Ve Fifita from the Scarlets as well you've seen this guy um, like you've seen him playing for Scarlets and I watched him playing for Scarlets I think it was it against um, was it against Munster in the um, in in the URC where we give up a massive lead at halftime he's six foot six like he is playing well over 110 kg he is a ridiculous athlete ridiculous like it's if anything they're playing a four lock pack here <clears throat> but with Vefafita, you have one of the most outstanding back five athletes i think in the world like his ability to when if he gets the ball in hand in broken field he is ridiculously fast at six foot six he is just a premier athlete and <clears throat> they will play him in the lineout. They will look to to use him there as well. Like their their lineout schemes, as I put in the Wally ratings, are fairly simple. They like to use their size. They don't have a huge load of um, you know, cutout schemes or slides or anything like that. They basically jump in place because they like they've got the size and they figure, look, we don't need to overcomplicate this. Um, and as a result, they're not a massive mauling team, but the power firepower they have. Like, they will look to try and keep this guy in midfield as well, just to try to, um, I suppose, just to try to maximise their power there. Because, like, again, I think one of, the, one of the big strengths that they'll have is that, you know, we will not want them to be launching off the line-out because they'll have Fekitoa, Aki, they'll have Vefefita there as well. Um, and that trio, if Havili can consistently find them, like, we're going to struggle to put them down. Without question, we're going to struggle to put them down. And that is just, you know, there's not much you can do. And you look at, like, uh, Sione Talatui. Like, he, he used to play for Crusaders. So, like, I think he's playing with Moana Pacifica, Pacifica now. But he played with Crusaders until relatively recently. Um, and he's another explosive, direct guy. More of a breakdown focus offensively. But they 100% have the firepower in that back five we cannot let them have a lineup platform at all or we will they will hurt us repeatedly um, on the replacements bench they have Sam Moley they have Tau uh, Kola Matangi uh, Sosefo Apikatoa uh, Semisoa Paia Salomone Funaki uh, Sioni Vailanu plays for uh, Glasgow another incredibly powerful man coming off the bench they've gone with a 6-2 split uh, Sonatane Takul and Fine Inisi so look once they start going onto the bench with their replacements I think I saw uh, Sonatane uh, Takul in the game against Samoa uh, again not as composed as, as Havili more prone to just kind of running the ball and playing the ball um, not as good a goal kicker 
um, even though he has very very good range but um, or is that Fina Asini Inisi one of the two no I think it's actually uh, Inisi who I'm talking about there but like the the big strength again is on their 6-2 pack uh, and Sione Vailanu is a guy they may look to bring him on for uh, Talatui so to go to a massive on ball back five like they'll be like they'll they'll back themselves that on first phase of transition they can hurt us on the break and then once they transition to that um to an on ball series series of phases they will think we can run through these guys like we can hurt this Irish team defensively and like when you start looking at their at their strengths and again look the scrum is a big worry if they have a lot of scrums I feel that especially on our ball we should be okay like we'll go with you know channel one ball we, sh- we should be able to hurt them there if we can get that clean strike really but if they have too much too many put-ins they have the power to really hurt us and we can start conceding one, two, three penalties at the scrum and after that it's a total lottery um, now, I will say that we should be better than them at the line-out. We should be able to disrupt them there as well. But again, that's not something where you'd say, look, we're guaranteed to do that. One of the things at the moment where teams are looking at where you try to deny the opposition line-outs now, whereas my theory was that we should be looking to maybe overload Tonga with line-out uh, possession, is that at best, you take a quarter of those. So like, if we want to give, oh, we'll say we're going to go to Tonga, we're going to give them... Uh, we're going to give them 15 lineouts in this game, or maybe more, and we're going to, to try to steal 25% of them. Like, that's still 15 lineouts that they can play with. And that's 15 times you've got to deal with fucking Malachi Fekitoa, Pita Aki, Vefevita, and God knows who else. Like, it, it's again, it's, it, it's, you have to pick your poison with these guys. And, like, in, like I mean, in the weather conditions, it's a big leveler. And I think that Andy Farrell, when he was looking at what they were going to be playing this weekend, was well aware of this. Now, we, we will talk about how Ireland have basically the Ireland RFC team, who are the number one team in the world. And then they have a mixed Irish team, which are not, and who are more than capable of losing to absolutely anybody. Like, Ireland have not done a whole ton of rotation when it's come to serious games. When players have been blooded, typically, it's been in that one game in November or on a or on a summer tour where you can blood guys and you can, you know, if they impress and they can find a way where they can show that they have a role value in the system, which is the, the overarching, like, most dominant thing that, that, that Ireland look for, then you will you know they will uh, get more caps they will get more importance in the system Mac Hansen is a very good a very good example of this even though he kind of came in out of nowhere in a in a six nations and um all of a sudden became incredibly important and rightly so he's an absolutely fabulous player so when this irish team when the stakes go up like our, this irish team does not rotate and like I was having discussions this week with with Owen uh, on a on a podcast at the start of the week. I was on provincial state of mind with Owen as well, actually, um, and we were talking about how there are two main questions for Ireland here, which is: Do we rotate with to keep these guys fresh? So to keep, we'd say Andrew Porter, Tyke Furlong, James Ryan, Peter Romani, um, Bundy Aki, Sexton. Um, James Lowe, Hugo Keenan, do we rotate, or Caelan Doris as well, do we rotate these guys? And then, because we need them fresh for the spring box, or do we run the risk of playing them against Tonga with all of the risks I've spoken about before this, 
and be more likely to beat Tonga, but also more likely to get injuries that might take them out of the Springboks game. This Irish team don't need freshness. They don't need a fresh Caelan Doris against the Springboks. Like with him being, you know, sat in, you know, not, not sat in his arse, but like not playing the week before where he's not running that risk. Ireland don't need fresh players. Ireland need cohesive players who are playing with momentum. Like this Irish team, when they get a run of games together in the last 24 months, have always been really, really good. That Irish team who was playing the All Blacks in New Zealand, that team was playing over like like, like they were a really cohesive unit. They played three games. They won two of those three. And, and you know, really, if you cut out the mistakes in the first set, they should have won that 3-0 as well. Like when this team plays together in a in a in a in a really locked formation for a multiple games in a row, they are very 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 good. So when I was thinking about this game, it didn't make any sense to me for there to be mass rotation. One because Tonga are a dangerous side. We need to have our our our, our quality players certainly in the pack, um, and even then, just even then in our in our backline, we can't afford to have guys who are we'll say suboptimal defenders, and we do have those. Um, or, or we don't have our full roster of, 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 of kickers there because we'll need them. So, like, it's about respect for Tonga, first of all, because they're a, a big fucking physical team. But it's also about this Irish team. This is what they do. This Irish team, Andy Farrell, like, he keeps his core team together for games he must win. We must win this game. It's a World Cup pool game. Like, and I, I think there's an idea that, and I, I was even subscribing to this a couple of a couple of weeks ago that this is a, is, a, is essentially another warm up. To an extent, it is, but with the weather conditions, I think it gets into you know fairly serious big boy rugby fairly quickly. But like this kind of I saw as being another opportunity to rotate, especially when you saw no rotation against Romania. That to me said Andy Farrell is not happy where this group is at. He wants to ground them and he wants to start the process now. I think Romania would have been, if, if the, the warm-up games had gone really well, the Romania game would have been the obvious one to rotate guys in. Everybody gets their World Cup appearance. Now we get on to the bigger games. I think because the, the previous three games were so bitty, I think he had to go strong. And again, I think we, we, we were through this last week where if you're starting Sexton to get minutes in into him, which they wanted to, you have to then put the big team around them because there's no point in Sexton playing with lads who aren't going to play with him against the Springboks. And then when you're going into this week as well, obviously it's going to be the strongest possible team for the Springboks. So this week then becomes, well, you might as well just play him again because there's no point in these lads being fresh if they're not cohesive. So we'll just go through the team, but you you know this team. This is the Ireland team. Hugo Keenan, Mac Hansen, James Lowe in the back three, Gary Ringrose and Bundy Aki in midfield. That's our first choice midfield for me, I think, now. Uh, Johnny Sexton, captain, and Connor Murray at nine. Why is Jamison Gibson Park not here? One, well, they want to keep him fresh, I suppose, but there's going to be a lot of kicking expected from the nines in this game as well, and that is one area of Gibson Park's game that is not a strength. And I think if you look into your heart, even as a Leinster fan, you will see that. Um, the pack... It is that Irish pack from a couple of years ago. Only missing, I would say, Dan Sheehan, maybe. Um, Andrew Porter, Ronan Kelleher, Tyg Farlong in the front row. Tyg Byrne and James Ryan in the second row. Peter Romani, Josh van der Fleer, and Caelan Doris in the back row. On the bench, Rob Herring, Dave Kilcoyne, Finley Beelham, Ian Henderson, Ryan Baird, Craig Casey, Ross Byrne, and Robbie Henshaw. So, it is a, um, a, a really strong selection. But, like again, look, nothing to be... There's, no, there's nothing shocking there. 
Like that's exactly what we'd expect. Now, I think for Ireland here, look, the big point of difference for us is our lineout, our defensive lineout. Um, we have to have our defensive lineout at that twenty percent steal rate and another five or ten percent nuisance rate. Um, we have a back five to do that though. That's the one way we can negate the Tongan scrum. We have to be rock solid on our own ball. We have to be comfortable mauling them as well. Um, we can maul at pace against these guys and get around the corner and start buying penalties. Um, they will concede penalties there. They also concede penalties at the offensive breakdown as well. They do have a tendency to go off their feet. But as I wrote in the, in the, in the red eye for this or the green eye, they're happy enough going with that. They're happy enough to concede a few penalties there because they don't want you stealing ball at the breakdown. So they will go off their feet and hurt you to make sure that you don't, even if they can see the penalty in doing so. So on that first or second phase of transition, we're going to go hard at them there. Like we've got Byrne, Omani, um, Doris, Aki as well, Porter, Kelleher. Like for us to win this game very comfortably, we've got to get into a really good routine at the breakdown where we're winning those breakdown penalties. If we don't, we're at risk of getting injured and especially on a wet day like this um so there's risk and reward there as well now again we could decide we're not going to go after the breakdown we're going to have we're going to stay hands off we're going to put line speed on these guys we're going to stress their handling they're going to play very tight they're going to like their forwards are going to have a very low pass per carry game our forwards always have a high one so if we're going to like play our game we have to back them to do that in that in in, in those conditions and again, with that comes the risk of the scrum. And like, my worry is, is that with the explosive guys that they have, like Vea Fafita at number eight, if there is a number, a lot of scrums and they're launching off the back of it, our flankers can't give as much to Porter and Furlong. Risks come with that also. So it's going to be a very, very, I, I think it's, it's set up to be a really, really close game. And in a fairly hostile atmosphere to Ireland we have a lot of fans there of course but I just feel that this game I think Andy Farrell felt as well this game is a real threat and there's lots to worry about with this Tongan team we should still win I think over the course of the 80 minutes we should be fitter um, when they transition to their bench they're going to have heavy hitters but they won't be as disciplined from a defensive point of view if we stay patient we should be able to exploit them in this in the from coming up on the on the third quarter into the fourth quarter so if we're behind we should be able to pick it up then there's always the potential for defensive errors here also um and if our defensive line out can get into theirs i think we should have the firepower to start pulling away from them early but my worry would be if the game stays relatively scoreless for the first 10 minutes the scrum starts coming into the game if we start making errors like that that's a real point of momentum for them so that's going to be my worry but if we can handle them at the defensive line out I think we should win relatively comfortably but I have a feeling that this is going to be a hairy game for long stretches and uh, just hope we come through it unscathed so um, I'll be back covering this game uh, with a live stream tomorrow um, and, and covering some of the rest of the other games as well so thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a tier case subscriber I will talk to you again very very soon